Hi, I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Juliana Vasquez-Keating. Welcome to Shifting Ears. This is the Valley Metro internal podcast talking all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency behind the scenes and some upfront stuff you may not know about. Juliana, in this episode of Shifting Ears, we're talking about something that's pretty exciting. You and I both got to attend and it's helping the agency in a big way. Yeah, today we're talking about a safety exercise we conducted back in the fall on the new Northwest Extension Phase 2. And it was so exciting because, yes, like you said, we were both a part of it. And so I've gotten to take part in safety exercises before, but this one was definitely different because we added the bridge element. And we added a lot of smoke. It wasn't all smoke and mirrors for this exercise, though. We're talking to two people in this episode about how it's important to be prepared before a real-life experience. My name is John Dutson. I go by John, and I'm the emergency manager here at Valley Metro. And John, this emergency manager role is brand new to Valley Metro. So can you explain what this role does? Yeah, I mean, first I'll just kind of say I bring 35 years in transportation emergency management to the job. I started off in aerospace, working in continuity of operations, And I've worked for the state of Arizona, Department of Emergency and Military Affairs, DEMA, sounds like FEMA. And I've got extensive training at the federal level, FEMA and U.S. Coast Guard and emergency management. In general, emergency managers are responsible for planning and leading responses to natural disasters and other emergencies. You know, we work with government agencies, nonprofits, et cetera, and the community to develop effective plans on how to minimize damage and disruptions during an emergency. I think the the quote that I like about emergency managers is I solve problems that you don't know you have in ways you can't understand. But specific to my job here at Valley Metro, I'm responsible for the planning, development, and execution of our emergency operations and continuity of operations fund. We call it the COOP, like chicken coop. Uh, we work on hazard mitigation plans and as the EM here at Valley Metro, I'm the liaison for emergency preparedness across all of Valley Metro, rail, bus, paratransit, rideshare, and the division in our federal and local partners, community stakeholders. I'll give you a quick example is that the upcoming NCAA, the college basketball March Madness Final Four events, we're working collaboratively with Phoenix Emergency Management, Department of Public Safety, Phoenix Police and Fire, City of Glendale, FBI, Warner Brothers, list goes on. It's kind of a scaled-down version of the preparations we did for the Super Bowl. Those preparations took place over the period of a year, at least, ahead of time. And that's what we're doing here with the Final Four. John, that's so exciting. And you clearly come with lots of experience coming from the aerospace area to now buses and trains. And, you know, that's a huge responsibility just thinking about not only our rail system, how many buses we have in our fleet, and then additionally, our paratransit and extra ADA services that you covered. That's a lot of things to be in charge of. How does your previous experience help you prepare for this role at Valley Metro? Mostly with the state of natural disasters here in Arizona, it's fires and floods, right? And so there were people that were unfortunately displaced from their homes. It's like herding cats because I had to look for places and work with our NGOs, American Red Cross, places like that to try and place people in different locations. We had to coordinate with volunteer groups like Team Rubicon to help people, you know, clear out their flooded homes and things like that. So it covered a lot of different areas. Every day is not a standard day in disaster and emergency management. So really right now, my focus initially, these first few months I've been on, is light rail. Light rail gets a lot of the attention right now. However, you know, bus and paratransit, rideshare, the other ADA components are 
equally as important, but I would say that 80% right now of my job is just kind of focusing on light rail, especially since we have the new extension and the South Central extension that we're building currently. Those are taking up most of my bandwidth right now. Well, and John, that's a perfect segue. That's the initial reason we asked you on the podcast was to talk about the safety exercise that happened back in October. So what was that like coming into this role and having that be your first kind of major event that you led? That was interesting because, again, a lot of planning went into it. My boss, Adrian Ruiz, has run these events and knows quite a bit. And I will give props to her because she let me kind of take the lead on this latest one I had, which was the bus bridge, just to back up a little bit. For every extension we do of our routes, you know, the tracks, federal requirement is to have two exercises. One of them involves obviously light rail. In this case, it was the simulated smoke event on the elevated platform heading up to the new Metro Center elevated platform. And then we had a bus bridge. There's your two exercises right there. The smoke event was one that was planned well in advance. We coordinated with Phoenix Fire, and they had a smoke generator that they placed between the two cars, right adjacent to the two cars, about halfway up the elevated ramp. We decided that we didn't want to do it physically over I-17 because the optics would be people driving down I-17. We didn't want to have to close down I-17, and people saw smoke pouring out of uh, LRV. They may not know that it's a uh, exercise. So we did it halfway up the ramp. The goal was to have our Valley Metro actors, and I'm going to give another huge shout out to our Valley Metro actors. We had several people sign up for this on their own time, essentially across all different departments and disciplines that are passionate about keeping Valley Metro safe. So we had some people that really embraced the role. So really the exercise was a simulated car smoke event on the light rail on the LRV, where the operator had to pan down, put the pantograph down to de-energize the car, open the doors, and let people egress. What we had is four actors that were considered non-ambulatory that were supposed to wait until they were told by Phoenix Fire, or interviewed, asked, evaluated rather, if they were okay and if they needed transport. In one case, and I think Bree was one of our actors, deserves an Oscar for this, you could hear her over the radio moaning in pain loudly. And she decided, hey, Phoenix Fire wasn't stopping me and asking me if I needed help. So she started crawling down the ramp. While it's kind of humorous, it points to you can't really over-plan for these events. You don't want to pre-stage or pre-plan for these events. The whole goal of a successful exercise is to kind of purposely make it vague. Yes, you tell the people that are participating there's going to be an exercise, but if you want to make it as real-world as possible, you've got to have things like this. You know, And I think once one of these newer firefighters, because that's who they rolled to this thing to give them experience, saw that this person was crawling down the elevator ramp, they stopped to evaluate. This is a type of thing that I think people like to see. I'll back up real quick, is that inside the LRV, we wanted to simulate smoke as well, but we wanted to do that safely. So we had fog machines like you'd use at Halloween that were, you know, water vapor based to cloud it up inside the train. And that worked well. We try and make it as real world as possible. What came out of that was just an understanding of incident command. And that's a little bit of confusion initially on, you know, if Phoenix Fire had command, we're going to go through with a training program for all Valley Metro contractor employees on the NIMS, the National Incident Management System, kind of just training like, hey, if you're the first person on the scene, you are the incident commander until relieved. And sometimes that's daunting for people, but what that really entails is just like kind of getting command of the situation and who to contact. And if you're not a decision maker, 
who you can call to make a decision, and then you can be relieved by a Valley Metro person. In this case, Phoenix Fire had command of the scene until it's turned over back to Valley Metro to do the recovery efforts and, and move the uh, disabled vehicle out of there. Yeah, and John, I want to agree with you on the actors and the Oscars. They definitely came ready. There was a lot of people, like you said, that volunteered their morning to be able to participate, to keep, you know, our system safe. So we really want to give a shout out to them and a big thank you. What were your lessons learned from this experience? Well, one thing that was interesting is Phoenix Fire kind of approached us in the middle of the exercise. They didn't want to approach the vehicle if it was energized. They didn't know how to validate that. So we had our maintenance of way, the people that come and will power down the overhead catenary system, the OCS, verify that it was powered down. So that's another lesson learned. We're going to go ahead and get the two people in contact, our incident commander and Phoenix Fire. But also it was more of an education for Phoenix Fire. They didn't know if the batteries that we use on the truck are lithium ion. As you can imagine, there's different methods that Phoenix Fire has to use if there's a fire with lithium ion batteries. But a great lesson learned that came out of this is we provided to the three partner cities that we operate in, Tempe with the streetcar and Mesa and Phoenix, schematics of all the manufacturers, Kinko Shario and Siemens and, and the streetcar manufacturer schematics so that they can see where the batteries are, where the fuse boxes and the breakers are, if they have to get in there and ensure that the vehicles are de-energized. That's kind of a big thing, obviously, if, if it runs into a OCS pole, we want to make sure nobody's exiting the vehicle and grabbing the sides and potentially injuring themselves, you know, until it's verified that it's powered down. So great takeaways from that. The fire departments are going to have these laminated cards in their engines, in their response vehicles. It's the hope so that at any given moment they can say, oh, this is one of these vehicles. The breakers are on the roof next to the battery pack or something. So that was a great takeaway from that. It's great to hear all these positive takeaways coming out of this safety exercise. So what safety exercise do you have coming up next? The next exercise we have coming up is going to be the South Central Extension in 2025, summer of 2025. What that scenario will be is there's a point just coming south of I-17 where there's a dip and the train has to go up, I want to say a 3 or 4% incline. That's about the max an LRV can go up. And then we're also going to possibly throw in the mix that this area will flood and one of our summer monsoons could flood. The scenario will be we're going to have to go and recover it with another LRV and tow it back to the yard. But first we're going to try and see if the train has any issues going up the incline. So I'm kind of tentatively calling this exercise because we had the name of the last exercise was called Precious Cargo. So I'm calling this either the little train that could or the I think I can, I think I can exercise because the train's going to try and chug up the little hills. Obviously it can. We designed it so it can be that way. But that's just some of the things we're trying to do to simulate a real world uh, example of what's going on here. Well, I was going to say, speaking of that incline that that train has to make on Central Avenue, my mother and I just drove that alignment section. And she even said, she was like, a train's going to go through here? And I was like, yes, mom, that's what our engineers do. And so to know that you are now taking into account what could happen when there's a monsoon or it floods or can that secondary train pull this other guy out of you know, the bottom. I think it's really important that your role now exists here to have a clear focus. So to your point, Adrian's not stretched in a million different ways trying to put these together. I think that's where I've really been able to, with this role, come in to relieve some of the stress from her position uh, because she's got such a big umbrella with quality assurance, security, and safety. And again, bring my experience to it. 
I think some of the other things we're going to plan in the future, I'm responsible for, you know, not only the continuity of operations plan, but kind of the fire life safety. Want to do some more comprehensive training on first aid, AED training, even things that, you know, it's not pleasant, but active shooter training because it's the world we live in now. So just kind of expand and do exercise and get people prepared for what we have coming up as far as the actual rail extensions, but also other training, training on incident command and that type of thing. I know we talked a lot about light rail today. Do you have anything specifically planned for bus in the future? I did attend a meeting with the new contractor out at East Valley, Keolis, and they have great plans for some training on what they're doing. They're trying to educate drivers. Apparently, it's a habit of when you're driving something big to hug the curb. So we may do an exercise involving you know, some type of event where they've hugged the curb a little too close and taken out a sign or something like that. The focus of my job, at least these first few months and probably up to this first year, is light rail until we get the South Central Extension up and going. But essentially, yeah, I think that we'll be looking at bus too and paratransit as well. Paratransit is a unique one to me, and I've talked to Tom Young over at Paratransit Center, and they have unique challenges. They're going out to certain locations and picking people up who have challenges, and so I'd like to simulate some things there too. Most definitely. Well, it sounds like you are off and running and have lots of ideas to help improve our agency in terms of being prepared for any emergency. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I enjoy the people that I work with. People are professionals here. I've never really worked with a group of people that know how to work hard, but also have a good outside of the work relationship. We got sent last night from Adrian pictures of the new Northwest Extension all lit up at night in Valley Metro colors, I might add. It really is, for me, not being in the public transport part, having come from aerospace and stuff, really see that that's an element that we're really, I guess I put it this way, some of these events with the NCAA and the Super Bowl, I think we've gotten those events because we have a robust multimodal transit system. And I really want to do my part in making sure that riders feel comfortable and safe riding all of our modes of transportation and utilizing the system. I think that's one of the benefits we have here in Phoenix. So what we do here in Phoenix is fantastic and I'm glad to be part of it. There are a lot of people who go into the safety exercises, Juliana. You have Valley Metro employees, you have actors, you have people from tons of different emergency preparedness areas in the Valley. It's really important that we all come together to make sure these exercises are valuable for everyone in our community. And Phoenix Fire was one of our key partners in this exercise. Now let's hear from someone who took part in this exercise and played a major role in planning it on the Phoenix Fire side. My name is Rob McDade. I'm a captain with the Phoenix Fire Department. Can you briefly explain the department's role in the joint safety exercise we held back in October? When we look at that joint safety uh, drill that we did together, the Phoenix Fire Department's main goal was let's make sure we understand all this new equipment, new section of the light rail. We wanted to make sure that we could respond to any emergency along the new lines of the tracks from any situation in a quick manner and that we were familiar with the area. And there was nothing better for us than to be there with the subject matter experts from Valley Metro that from top to bottom understand where all the safeguards are, where the critical areas on the track were. So really for us, it was familiarization, learning the jargon, and really learning the key components of this really exciting new portion of the light rail. 
How do you think the exercise went from the department's perspective? Were there any lessons learned? There were a lot of lessons learned. And I can tell you that we do a lot of collaboration around the Valley with different entities, both private and public sector. And I would say that there were many lessons learned from this on how fast will it take us to get there? Does the layout create any problems for us in our response time? Do we have to slow down when we're responding and you know, learn about this area, that overhead obstructions? But really the key takeaway for us on this was is that the layout is impeccable. It's exactly from a public safety how you would want it. We can get to it from the higher end of the station, which is elevated. From the ramping area, there were areas that our firefighters can make quick access. We had uh, readily available water sources, which is important to us, depending on the emergency. So I would say that from us, what we learned was is that we are prepared. This was a very well thought out, well engineered structure with what we believe had public safety in mind while building it. Because sometimes you might have underground subterranean, above ground, public service or utilities or areas where we need to respond to. And the architects might not have thought about us coming in to rescue or make a difference in it. And so there's not a lot of hoops we have to jump through. It's very straightforward. It's very accessible. And as far as our takeaway then was, this was a very safe structure that we are completely, absolutely, positively, we believe In the event of any emergency, we can quickly make access to it and quickly make a difference with any of the citizens, any of the riders, anybody affected by it. We can get there in a timely manner and make a difference. I'm sure our project team and our design team would be happy to hear that. But speaking of design, the bridge over the I-17 and elevated station are a brand new element for our system. Have you participated in other exercises with these unique elements or was this a first for Phoenix Fire? So this was a first for Phoenix Fire. Now we have trained with other valley-wide folks that have elevated train tracks that might come through their area, either in Tempe or some of the West Valley where there's a lot of manufacturer areas where they use that. But for us, for the Phoenix Fire Department, this was brand new. Obviously, we deal with overpasses with cars that travel along them. But to have something so unique and so important to the Valley as that elevated train. It was an invaluable experience for us. So this was new for us. A lot of questions were asked on scene, but a lot of good questions. I was listening to veteran members of the fire department, veteran captains and battalion chiefs, and every question we had was answered. And I think from what we learned with working with our partners was that while this is so unique, there was a lot of thought put into the construction of it. And again, it's wide enough. We can reach it from the highway if we needed to shut it down. We can reach from the elevated area, from the ground level on the east side. So again, it was a very unique opportunity for us. And I think for us, it's kind of a nice feather in our cap to have such a unique transportation system right in the middle of the Phoenix. We felt that, again, great learning lessons from us. And I think just at the end of the day, we're doers, right? Firefighters are very task-oriented. And so the command officers were looking at it from, you know, ingress, egress, and the firefighters are looking at it. Can we get there? Can we make access? It is elevated. And I think everybody left feeling much more confident that anything that would be presented to us, we could respond in a timely manner. Well, and I think you hit on it. Confidence is key. When you go into a situation, you really want to feel prepared. So why do you think it's so important for our agencies to collaborate on exercises like these? Oh, it's absolutely so important 
that we work together, that we know the systems, we're on a first name basis. It's so important because you never want to think about fast decisions that need to be made for the very first time. So this drill enabled us to slow it down, have what we like to call in the fire service a tabletop, right? Let's just talk this out. What would we do if this happened? What would we do if this happened? That collaboration is vital. Uh, we do similar type of training with the airport. As you know, uh, we have two fire stations out at Sky Harbor. Again, we need to know how their systems work. So when you're talking about very highly specialized means of transportation, trains, light rail, airplanes, it's absolutely invaluable for us to learn all the systems and to pick the brains of the engineers and the folks that run it every single day. And I think there was a lot of give and take. And again, just a unique experience for us. And you know what? At the end of the day, the citizens that we serve are the benefactors of this, right? So they can know riding that train safely over an elevated thing. It might be new for a lot of passengers that every safety check has been thought of from A to Z, including the folks that would respond in the event of emergency. So again, invaluable training. We look forward to even more training as it's up and running. And so again, just a great day all the way around. Did your responding crews know at all what to expect or was it just a complete surprise for them? It was a surprise for some elements, but I think we had some preconceived notions of what we would find. And we were actually pleasantly surprised the ease of which you could shut off the electricity, the ease of which we could get those doors open, how quickly we could get up those tracks. So I think there were a lot of questions asked about, so what if it's at this level? What if it's directly over the highway? What if it's in the station? Is there a shutoff here? What if the escalator or what if the elevators don't work? The stairs, how do we use those? So I would say that a lot of the outstanding questions we had were answered that day for sure. Again, electricity that we can't control is important to firefighters. And the engineers on site made it clearly obvious to us that they were going to be able to quickly shut off power, de-energize the tracks, make it safe for our folks to go on. Because remember, firefighters, we pin our ears back and go in if there's somebody that we can save. But we also have to protect ourselves. And I think a lot of the outstanding questions were energized tracks, energy above us. How do they get turned off? How do we get assurances that these are turned off? I think we all left with the assurances that those questions were answered. And they were answered in a way that we truly believe the system is set up with safety being first and foremost. And so that's refreshing to us. It's not an old antiquated system. It's brand new technology. So again, just a great day for us to learn new systems. And I think Brittany and I were fortunate enough to just be a part of it and to watch what happened and to know how fires can respond when there's an emergency and our safety and security team did what they needed to do. And I think from my perspective that it went well. Oh, for sure. I, I think when you look at that scenario that was set up, that's a real life scenario. And that's how we train on the fire ground. If we're going to train, if a brand new apartment building as you know, Phoenix is seeing a huge spike in what we would call mid-rise buildings, right? Six floors and above mm -hmm. for living. This is kind of new to the Valley, right? We've never had to go rescue somebody on the 29th floor of a building. Well, we're learning those new systems. We're working with the building engineers. And again, our expectation is, is whatever questions we have about the safety, the systems, can those be answered? And every question we had during that drill was answered. And so not only did you see firefighters quickly and effectively making rescues and making contact, 
Because remember, everything's on a clock for us. We measure our response time, time to the patient, time extracted out of there, time to the hospital. Those are questions that will always be there for us. And those were all answered. And I can say that once that's fully up and operational, that we have peace of mind knowing if the lights come on and that's the address and that's the emergency, we're prepared and we know how to respond. Well, that is awesome to hear. I'm glad that, you know, this joint exercise, while it did come up with some questions, we also found those solutions, which I think at the end of the day is what everybody wants to hear. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I was very impressed of the way that Valley Metro was able to bring in the region, right? We worked with Phoenix PD. We worked with ADOT. We worked with Department of Public Safety. We worked with public utilities. That's important to us because we don't just do our job of rescuing people without the help of everybody else in the region. We need streets shut down, PD helps us with that. We need to make sure a building that's on fire that we're gonna do rescues is de-energized. We work with APS, SRP. So again, to work with Valley Metro and to let them really lift up the curtain and show us how everything runs, how to work through those systems. So it's always comforting knowing that we have a partner in town like Valley Metro who is willing and open to work with us and to answer every question. So. I know for myself, I will sleep well at night knowing that we have a great game plan in place to keep that track and all the systems safe. Juliana, just like it takes a bunch of people to put this podcast together, it takes a lot of people to put together a safety exercise. And those are really important to the safety of our passengers when all of these modes of transportation go into service. Absolutely. And it's comforting to know our teams, as well as our agency partners like Phoenix Fire, are prepared for any type of emergency that could occur along the new extension. And that bridge, man, that adds a whole new element. I mean, we got new trains a couple years ago, which I know they had to learn about, but that bridge over the I-17, I'm really glad that we got to take part in the exercise over the I-17 because that is a whole new element for us. Yeah, and it's great to hear that from Rob's team that that bridge is designed with safety in mind and safety is always our top priority. You heard it here. Safety is our top priority always. For Valley Metro, I'm Brittany. I'm Juliana. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Shifting Ears is produced by Alex Sosos and Dane Riles. Peter Corkery is the executive producer. For Brittany Hoffman, I'm Juliana Vasquez-Keating. Thanks for listening.